I'm Liza Cordero from CNA Education, your host for STEMWire Live. Thanks for listening in. Joining us today is Dr. Kevin Hollenbeck, a principal research scientist in our education division and subject matter expert in career and technical education, also known as CTE. And Lou Tesfai, our research analyst leading CNA's workforce development and CTE strategy. They're here to talk about the value of career technical education in today's economic and education environment. Thanks so much, Kevin, for joining us today, and Lul as well. So we have a couple of questions for you, Kevin. I understand that you have had over three decades of experience when it comes to research and evaluation in the areas of workforce development, education, and training. Tell us just a little bit about your background. Uh, Sure, I'd be glad to. Uh, One little correction. um, Even though it may not look like it, it's been over four decades of experience. Um, my, uh, my background is as an economist and an evaluator, and I often tell people that economics is known as the dismal science, and evaluation is professional skepticism, so I'm your dismal skeptic. <laughs> um, but basically, I, I have tried to use the tools of economics and evaluation in several jobs uh, over my career. Um, to evaluate workforce development programs. Um, I started my career at a firm called Mathematica in Washington, D.C., and then I moved to the National Center for Research and Vocational Education at Ohio State University, and then I spent most of my career at an organization called the Upjohn Institute in Kalamazoo, Michigan. At Upjohn, uh, I've done a number of studies uh, looking at the school-to-work program, looking at sectoral initiatives for workforce development. Uh, The state of Washington has a legislatively mandated um, return on investment of their entire workforce system uh, required every four years, and I have done that for them for the last four cycles. So over the last 16 years, I've done quite a bit of work for the state of Washington. Most recently, I've gotten into the area of disability and vocational rehabilitation and uh, done some studies uh, in that area. Besides uh, my vocation, I've sort of been involved in education avocationally as I was on my school board, local school board, for 14 years. And uh, I was the actually the president of the Michigan Association of School Boards uh, for a number of years. That's excellent. We are so glad that you have joined our team. And from what I understand, a topic that's pretty close to your heart, and you mentioned it, return on investment for CTE and workforce development programs. So it kind of leads to another question. What is the catalyst for this type of research? And explain the importance of this type of work. Sure. Uh, When you think of return on investment, or when most people think of return on investment, they think about financial uh, investment. You you invest a certain amount of money, and you expect a return in the future. Uh, My work has sort of looked at social programs or workforce programs as investments, where the government or the participants, or in some case employers, invest today with an expectation of getting a return in the future. Uh, 
usually that return for individuals is in higher wages or a better uh, living in the uh, better living in the future for employers it's productivity or uh, profit for the government it's uh, reduced um, expenditures on social welfare and increased taxes so basically uh, we got into this uh, kind of originally at when I was at Ohio State looking at the return to vocational education uh, for employers. We uh, tried to determine uh, the payoff for an employer t from hiring a vocational education grad versus someone that's not a vocational education grad. The catalyst, of course, was to encourage employers to hire voc ed grads as well as to encourage uh, individuals to go into vocational education so ultimately, and you kind of already said it, and I have a good good guess here, why would this type of research be beneficial um, for the CTE community, the workforce development community? So what are the key takeaways that then they can take this research and put it into action? Um, sure. The, uh, the work that I've done in Washington, uh, where I actually estimated return on investment to both high school and post-secondary CTE, showed quite high returns to both the individual participants and to the state government. Um, and so uh, this would definitely encourage uh, people who are considering whether they should pursue some sort of technical training at the post-secondary level, uh, show them that they can get quite high returns uh, to doing so, and uh, encourage states to provide funding and, and to invest in these programs. So I'm going to throw a new question in here, which is, are communities, CTE communities, um, business communities, taking this research and paying attention to it and doing something with it? I know that the Washington work has been widely disseminated, and a lot of people are familiar with it. Um, to the extent that it's driven behavior is an open question. I really don't know. Okay. More research is needed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so moving on to another question. Um, we have talked a lot about not only CNA education, but lots of different entities are talking a lot about workforce development related to these high-wage, high-demand jobs. We've done some research that I'll link to this podcast, CNA Research. What have you learned over the years related to these high-wage, high-demand jobs? Well, um, there's an acronym that's used in an economics called TANS-TAFL, which is there ain't no such thing as free, a free lunch. Um, what I've learned is that high-quality programs are costly, are, cost money, and states and whoever wants to offer high-quality programs leading to high-wage, high-demand jobs need to be prepared to invest in those programs. Um, if you think of high wage and high uh, demand jobs as the outcome, I always, as a researcher, think outcome depends on the intervention, the program, as well as individual behavior. So you can offer a really good program, but you need individuals to really be serious about it and, and, um, and put as much effort as possible into them. Mm -hmm. So what we can do is offer good programs 
And how do we affect individual behavior? We do it by providing information. So I guess the other thing I've learned is the importance of really good data and data-driven um, information that can be provided to people. And I guess I've also uh, come to believe that when we're trying to influence behavior, uh, incentives generally work better than sanctions. If there's one piece of advice that you would give state and local education and workforce development leaders as they try and modernize their systems, what would that be? Well, I guess I'm going to answer from a researcher's perspective uh, or someone that uh, is looking for data. Um, most of the evaluations that I've done and that I've seen have been what I would call a black box evaluation. We know that high school CTE pays off. We know that post-secondary CTE pays off. But we really don't know what's going on inside the black box. And so what we really need is research on the modalities of instruction, on type of instruction, curriculum, and the real nuts and bolts of, of how um, this sort of education is delivered um, would be my, my advice. So I think that's a perfect segue to turn to Lul, who is heading up CNA Education's CTE and Workforce Development Strategy. Um, so is there anything that we are focused on, CNA work, that addresses some of Kevin's point, maybe this, this black box that he just mentioned? Absolutely. So CNA Education, much like many stakeholders in the workforce development community, recognize that there's really no one size-fits-all approach for supporting the academic and technical skills attainment of youth and adults. And so we're chiefly interested in what works for whom, whether that be veterans who are returning to civilian employment or seeking civilian employment, whether that be formerly incarcerated individuals who are returning to society, or opportunity youth who are out of work and out of school. We are particularly interested in what works in the area of career pathways. And for those of you who don't know, career pathways uh, represent represents a model that combines education and occupational skills training to support the attainment of high demand credentials, oftentimes credentials that are stackable um, and that also feature multiple entry and exit points to really offer a customized intensity for youth and adults that participate in these programs. And so we are supporting the advancement of career pathways research by conducting individual evaluations. For example, we're doing an evaluation of a local program, Arlington Tech, which represents career pathways and offers opportunities for students to pursue work-based learning, project-based learning, as well as dual enrollment while in high school. And so we're looking at the effects of, of those models. Um, but we're also exploring ways to guide local workforce development programs in assessing the return on investment by applying these um, benefit and cost <clears throat> principles uh, that uh, Kevin alluded to earlier. So I, I know that all the work we do, we think the next steps. 
what value will the CTE strategy that CNA Education is focused on at this time, what value will it bring to policy development and reform for not only um, certain high schools or, or certain pockets of research, but for the entire nation? So that's a really great question, Liza. And there are two things that are important to keep in mind. Uh, the first being that uh, in the foreseeable future, it's anticipated that roughly two-thirds of jobs are going to require some sort of post-secondary credential, whether that's a certificate, whether that's an associate's degree, or, or something more advanced. Additionally, investments in workforce development programs have been declining. Since 2001, there's been a 43% decrease in funding for adult dislocated worker programs. Uh, and that's troubling considering that we need to be upskilling our workforce. So given this information, understanding the value or return on investment of CTE programs and workforce development programs is critically important so that local communities and states can make targeted investments that will actually be meaningful for our future, our workers in the future. Another thing that's uh, really interesting to keep in mind is there's been a, a real movement and a lot of conversations around pay for success, which is an innovative model uh, that represents a partnership between public entities and private entities and is designed to identify, fund, and scale up social service projects that could have a measurable impact. Oftentimes through pay for success, you have private funders or impact investors that are providing upfront capital for an investment. And you have an outcome payer, oftentimes a government, that agrees to pay back investors if uh, the outcomes of interest are realized at the end of a given period. And there's been uh, recent support for pay for success through federal legislation and, and growing interest in pay for success models. And integral to pay for success is being able to understand the return on investment of a program. And so we really hope that we can be adding to this space and, and supporting strategic investments in workforce development moving forward. So it makes a whole lot of sense that Kevin has joined our team, seeing that you've done quite a bit related to return on investment. Anything else that you would like to add as we wrap up this podcast? Um, sure. Actually, uh, something that Lowell said uh, triggered something in my head. A lot of the research that I've done has shown quite high returns to uh, CTE at both the secondary and post-secondary level. When you have an investment that gives you high returns, that means there's been an underinvestment in that activity. Uh, if interest rates are high or return is high, you typically would see more funds going into that investment. So th it's ironic that despite that, we're having this reduction in, in funding. And um, th the, the, the story, the research would be that's exactly the wrong direction for public policy. Public policy should be uh, investing more, not investing less. That makes sense. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, Lul, for joining us today for this podcast. As mentioned, we will have all sorts of research that CNA Education has already conducted related to CTE and workforce development that will be on our website. So please check us out at cna.org. <laughs>